Reading from the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Majulila Chapter 8, Text 215. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Sahaja Gopira Prema Nahi Prakrita Kam Kamakrida Samyetara Kahi Kamanam It should be noted that the natural characteristic of the gopis is to love the Supreme Lord. Their lusty desires is not to be compared to material lust. Nonetheless, because their desire sometimes appears to resemble material lust, their transcendental love for Krishna is sometimes described as lust. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur says that material lust should never be attributed to Krishna, who is full of transcendental knowledge. Material lust cannot be engaged in the service of the Lord, for it is applicable to materialists, not Krishna. Only Prem or love of Godhead is applicable for the satisfaction of Krishna. Prem is full service rendered unto the Lord. The lusty affairs of the gopis actually constitute the topmost love of Godhead because the gopis never act for their own personal satisfaction. They are simply pleased by engaging other gopis in the service of the Lord. The gopis derive more transcendental pleasure from indirectly engaging other gopis in the service of Krishna than from engaging in his service themselves. That is the difference between material lust and love of Godhead. Lust applies to the material world and love of Godhead applies only to Krishna. Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Taksur Unmalatamyena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Sayam Rupakadhamayam Dadati Sapadantikam Vancha kalpa tarubhyascha, kripa sindhu bhayevacha, patitanam pavanebhyo, vaishnavebhyo namo nama. Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Shri Advaita Gadadhar, Srivas Adi Gauravak, Dabrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So greetings from Govardhan Hill My plans have changed a little bit um, I decided I have such a nice place here to stay here up until I go to South India. So I'll be here through December now, which I haven't done in a while and I'm kind of looking forward to it. It's so peaceful. I'll be all alone here. I don't think there'll be many people even coming by or here somehow at that time. Um, but the real sadhu life 
is really nice. And I'll go to Vrindavan a few times also, twice maybe. Um, yeah, and I somehow or other, I wanted to end this Ramananda Samvad, this discussion with Ramananda Roy. But I had, last Wednesday I gave it, and last Sunday people liked it. I just continued. So this is where I'm up to now, and I'll kind of bring you all up to, to speed on this. Um, you know, Lord Chaitanya has his internal mission. It's Krishna who appears as Lord Chaitanya with his Anta Ranga Hetu, his internal cause. It means why he came for himself. And Bahiranga Hetu, the external cause, it's not external in the sense that it's superficial, it's why he came for others. But why he came for himself is because for God to be complete as the supreme enjoyer, and there's no meaning to supreme enjoy, supreme controller without being the supreme enjoyer. Because what else do you what else do you use power for but to be happy? Of course, God's happiness is selfless love also. Um, but for him to be complete, he has to experience, as a supreme enjoyer, he has to also experience love from the perspective of the devotee. As many times I said, his topmost devotee at the height of her love, Sri Radha. So the, the story, the pastime of Lord Chaitanya is God getting this love, which is in the hearts of his devotees. God is the object of love. But the, the love is in the hearts of devotees and, he, and he, he, he wants to experience that and he has to get it from the devotees. So when he first came to Puri, he met Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, and, who was a great scholar, but he was an impersonalist and he converted him. And then Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, understanding now what Lord Chaitanya's mission was, he said, you have to meet Ramananda Roy, who devotion and understanding of this bhakti siyam, this, this God's love, is, was unparalleled. And by that transcendental system, where God in the heart of one, seeing one's desires, links one to someone who can fulfill those desires. And those two people come together. It's called synchronicity, beyond the realm of probability for them to do so. And that's what happens to Lord Ch Chaitanya. He meets Ramananda Roy, and they decide to meet in a secluded place to discuss very confidential subjects. And, and Lord Chaitanya asked him, Nishtraya, you ascertain the sadhyasar, the essence of the goal of life. And we've been following this dialogue. I'm looking at the participants now. We're following this dialogue and we see this beautiful exposition of comparative religion that at different levels, there's a process recommended for you. And it begins with Van Ashram. So when Lord Chaitanya asked for a verse, Ramananda Roy quotes a verse where it says, this is the best way to attain love of Godhead. But the Shastra always speaks context relevance. It's not making an absolute statement. 
It's making a statement within, within context and expressing it very definitively within that context where perhaps the Western mind reads it as making a reductionist or absolute statement. But it's a very strong statement and you can understand why. And I, I give the example, imagine if you're preaching to either Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, Vladimir Putin or Joe Biden. I want to cover all my bases here. And you convince them that God has laws in this universe and it's expressed in the Vedas and they should follow the rules for the Avana, which is, let's say, a, a leader, Kshatriya or something, or Vaish, whatever, they should follow the rules for, for both their, their occupation and their ashram. We would look at them as great devotees. It would be an extraordinary thing. It would be such a wonderful thing. Imagine that. So, but as we'll see, because a prescription of religion also takes in account the condition of the patient. When a doctor prescribes something, he takes in account the condition of the patient. So the condition of the patient, the condition of the world is that people are embodied and to advance, they can't immediately transcend it. They have to regulate it. So the prescription for a person won't be to renounce something because the whole idea is to purify the mind. And if you renounce something artificially, even if on the absolute platform, it's material, and has to be eventually given up. If you artificially renounce it, you become absorbed in it more. I explained the beauty, beauty of prescribed duties. If you indulge in it without restriction, you become absorbed in it more, the object that they're renouncing. And, and, and if you, artificially renounce it, you become more absorbed in that object. So the Shastras regulate it, which accomplish two things. You satisfy the desire enough so that you don't excessively hanker for it and absorb your mind. And you regulate it enough that you practice the detachment to purify you of that desire. But that's not nishchaya sadhyasar. That's not the essence of the goal. It's mixed with, although the following of God's law is completely spiritual, it's still mixed with material consciousness because you're still following the impulses of the material body and not the soul. Now, I, I make this point often that consciousness reaches its fruition in love and service. So there's described it like the sun rays and the sun, the sun rays are lax, so they're not pure heat and light as the sun is, which is condensed. So Van Ashram, there's something external to the pure soul. So Lord Chaitanya rejected that, Eho Maya, that's external, I want something more. 
And they finally get up to pure devotional service where the focus is not the impulses of the body, but the will of God, who may then engage you like Krishna did to Arjuna and said, fight, but it's on a different platform then. He's fighting because it is the will of God not because it's God takes an account that there's an attachment there. But anyway, it comes to the point where he said, he gives a verse because he's looking for that verse, just sit at the lotus feet of Guru and Krishna and just hear. So, you just hear and sit at the lotus feet and then finally it gets to paternal relationship. Because before that, there's a sense of majesty and divinity and superiority. And still it's not condensed, pure soul activity, only in the sense there's obligation and duty, that kind of weaken the force of, of, of that love, even though it is the love and pure love that people aspire to, to worship God in majesty. But Lord Chaitanya wants something more and they finally get up to the, the love of the gopis. And then Lord Chaitanya, and he hears these beautiful verses about the intensity of, of the love of the gopis. Um, and then he says, this is, this is, you know, what I've come for. Uh, you gotta ascertain, this is the, 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 the most consummate absorption It, 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 it's very, very intimate and absorbing. And when you get to the le level of this type of absorption, there's nothing else outside the consciousness besides that absorption. That's the very definition of praying. Sandra, like metal, conscious like metal, and you can't put it in there's no space in the metal, there's no space in the conscious. And it's just, it, it, it's, it, 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 the, the relationship becomes closer and closer and more and more absorbing. And this is the sadhyasar. This is the essence of the goal is to be absorbed in reality, which is your relationship with God without any other considerations. Just like when Lord Chaitanya Guru told me he'd give him a verse that expresses the essence of the Bhagavatam. And what was the essence? The essence was a complete absorption. A Brahmavrata in this way, without any inhibition, without any attachments, you do, you chant the name which you have a relationship with. And that raga comes and then you become absorbed and you're not cognizant even of anything outside that's absorption. So the 10th canto is trying to give us a little sense of this, at least what the ideal should be, that we should be absorbed in Krishna for our own happiness, because that's where happiness lies. Happiness rests in the soul. It's our eternal position, and it is the consciousness of happiness. To have that consciousness to want to serve God, 
and to be trusted with his potency to do so. And therefore God's pleasure, which is his own potency, it comes through our own heart and we drink the same thing. You know, this is why Prabhupada, the book he took, Across the ocean, it's very significant, was the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the teachings and life of Lord Chaitanya, because it gives everything, including the goal, which is actually to become mad after Krishna. Mad after Krishna. And of course, it begins with Sharanagati, where we take shelter of the truth, which perfectly understands the state of spiritual evolution we're at and how to purify us of those things which are anartha have no value to that consciousness. Attachments may have value if we need them to make our mind peaceful. But that taking shelter of God and those who represent God and moving towards that platform and then we look at what the ultimate love is so, very interesting. So he, he quotes verse, Napare hum. Krishna says, I cannot repay you. That's the force of the love of the gopis is so great. Krishna cannot, he can't give them something in return that equals that. You'll have to be satisfied with the love. And Lord Chaitanya says, this is the best, this is great. But can you tell me just a little something more? And then Ramananda Roy begins to tell um, about Radharani and, and what her position is. And it's very interesting. We were going over this. Not I, I was skipping parts because it, it's really high stuff. So I was just trying to sum it up. But what's very interesting the position of Radharani. Well, no, this comes later. But 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 Radharani, that even though Krishna was in the midst of these gopis who have this incredible love for Krishna, this energy of attraction, that's pleasure. We have a sense sometimes of a feeling of love that gives us happiness, but not to this level of intense feeling and energy. The gopis have this energy, they're attracted to Krishna and they want to serve Krishna. And they'll do anything for that, including giving up their good karma, which was their reputation. I told you about this lecture I, I read, which is very interesting, that's saying lecture, reputation is our greatest commodity. And it's based on our competency, our productivity, and our character over a long period of time. To, so the reputation allows us to function. One who is honored, dishonor is worse than death. You lose your reputation, then you cannot function. Whatever hope you have of controlling the world, being satisfied, peaceful is very difficult. Unless one is situated in the soul and doesn't care at all. So the gopis just gave it up. They just gave it up for Krishna. They're willing to sacrifice everything for Krishna. That's the intensity of their love. And that gives Krishna so much pleasure. 
But then the verses come, Aniya radito nunam bhagavan hadir ishvara vidhaya govinda. There is when the gopis, when 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 Radha left, Krishna's desires could not be fulfilled even in the midst of all those gopis. So what is the position of Sri Radha? And again, I, I marvel at this theology. It's a beautiful theology. It has some reason to it also. That God's pleasure is love. And, and that personification of that love, of wanting to express that love by offering the best is Radharani. So then, Lord Chaitanya hears about Radharani and then he just says, I, I want something more. And Ramananda Roy, Anarpita, Chirim, Charat, Kurunaya, Vatirna, Kalos, Samarpita. This isn't, what's more? Nothing like this conception was there in society for a long, long time. What is that more? There's nothing more. And of course, the most powerful person is a person who takes shelter of Krishna and therefore can be an instrument for Krishna. One gets the power of God. Described like you could have a beautiful knife, but its value is if it is utilized by a power, if, 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 if it's in someone's hand, then it has value. So, um, Let me see the part I was up to. Give me a second. Um, it's easier for me to give classes in the morning, but uh, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare. Anyway, um, Ramananda Roy just feels like I'm just like an instrument. You play it the way you want. And speaking on spiritual topics, it's so important to get in a prayerful mood because the will of God is not under time, space, and the laws of nature. So you can't ascend to that understanding simply by your reasoning. You can't come to the conclusion of these truths just by your own speculation and the power of your brain. Because it's God's will. So Ramananda Roy, he admits that this is, this is he has to just be an instrument. And that's what prayer does. And why when one speaks about Krishna, prayer before, prayer is so important. Because prayer is the affirmation that you're willing to be used by Krishna. Otherwise, there's no possibility of speaking on transcendental subject matters. So Ramananda Roy knows this. I cannot say anything further. And then Lord Chaitanya says, Krishnera Sarup, Radera Sarup, Kon Rasa Tattva, Kon Prema Tattva. 
Tell me about the the sarup, the 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 own form, the essence of Krishna. Tell me about the essence of Sri Radha, and, and explain to me rasatattva and prematattva. Explain it to me. And then Ramananda begins to explain, and and I'm not going to go and read it, but. The beauty of it is it described the sarup of Krishna means all attractive. He's the basis on which all love in the universe exists because love has to have an object that attracts one to service and love. And Krishna is that perfect object. He is Krishna. He's all attractive. So I don't say he, he is that purpose. He serves that purpose. He's the unifying factor in the whole universe that allows love. He's all attractive. So Ramananda Roy is explaining and explaining verses. There's nothing more attractive than Krishna to pull the love out of one's heart. And not only that, the other incarnations are attracted to Krishna. Krishna's own expansions are attracted to Krishna. And what the fact he explains that Krishna is attracted to Krishna. God is allured by by his own beauty when he looks at a reflection. So what would it be when we take off this horrible veil of false ego? I am the enjoyer. I am the controller. What would it be like when we take off that veil and we feel that energy? The love that we are hankering for. Prabhupada, in the introduction, Nectar Devotions, everybody wants love, but where is that place where love can be reposed so that we can all be happy. And the answer is Krishna. That's God. That's that's his, his, his universe, his ontological position. And we, and we direct that to temporary things which we don't connect to Krishna. We don't connect things to Krishna and therefore they become full of duality. So he disclaims his sarup, Krishna is all attractive. And then he explains Radhera sarup. What is the sarup of Radharani? And her sarup is, is love. She is the embodiment of love. She's Mahabhav sarup. And the embodiment of love is the embodiment of pleasure, both the feeling of pleasure and the giving of pleasure. So he begins to explain Radharani how her sarup, her form, is different offerings of qualities of heart and love. So it's not just she has a form, but it's a form of love. And, and, and he begins actually something that Ramananda Roy wrote, describing every part of Radharani is a quality of offering, of love, of compassion, of gratitude, of shyness, of all qualities. But it's not just qualities, it's her being. And it's manifest in the way she dresses and the jewels she has and her decorations and her personality and her qualities. So, so he begins to explain that. And Lord Chaitanya said, wants more. He not only wants to hear Maha Bab Sarup, he wants to hear Maha Bab Sarup at its height. I want more, Lord Chaitanya said. Ramananda said, what more? <laughs> 
I want something, something, something more. What is that something more? That the Mahabhav, that level of devotion, it reaches a height. I believe the terms are Madanayaka Mahabhav and Modanayaka Mahabhav. It re reaches a height where Prema Vivarta, that the illusion in your love, you see Krishna, even when he's not there, Prema Vivarta. Krishna is not there, but one is seeing Krishna. So Ramana, you know, Lord Chaitanya is saying now this Hadyasar, Nishchaya, you, you've ascertained this. You've ascertained this. You've given it. But I want something more. And now Krishna Das Kaviraj now is explaining. Because after this description of Radharani, that this it, it, look at this sahaja gopira prem natural naturally the love of, of prema nahi prakrita kam it is not material lust kama krita these lust of fit it, it, it appears uh, uh, samye tara such activities appearing they appear. They resemble kamakrita lusty affairs. But kahi kamanam, but but it just has the name. It doesn't have the consciousness. It's just a frame of reference to explain it to us. And the proof is the gopis get more pleasure from helping others serve. Radha and Krishna than the pleasure they get from themselves. Because it's so pure, their love. So even though it has this form, he's saying, it's not material lust. We are just projecting it, on, we're projecting it as material lust due to, and prejudging it as material us, due to our experience with similar forms of boy and girl, which we have generalized as a principle, which doesn't apply in transcendence. In fact, the material world is just a reflection of the spiritual world. So Krishna's Kaviraj is going to make that really clear. Premaiva Gopi Ramanam Kama It Yagamat Pratam Iti Udava Deo Pitam Vachanti Bhagavat Priya. Although the dealings of the gopis with Krishna are on the platform of pure love of Godhead, such dealings are sometimes considered to be lusty. But because they are completely spiritual, Uddhava and the other dear most devotees of the Lord desire to participate in them. So the proof that they're not material activities and material lusts, the greatest devotees who are free from that want to participate in that, want to understand that. The devotees are completely free. Atmaramas chamunayo nigran ukrame kovant hoitakim bhaktim. Even one who is Atmarama, he's so satisfied in the self, he doesn't need anything material. He is still attracted to the qualities of Krishna, which means the qualities of Krishna have nothing to do with something material. So the first nine cantos are meant to scrub this material lens. And the narrative that we are entranced in, that the ultimate reality of the forms that we see in this world 
And we should make that as the measuring stick for everything else we see, including the activities of spiritual world. But it's not like that. Nijendriya Shukahetu Kamera Tatpaya. Krishna Sukha Tatpaya. Gopi Bhavarvaya. Lusty desires are explained, experienced when one is concerned with his own personal sense gratification. The mood of the gopis is not like that. Their only desire is to satisfy the senses of Krishna. Krishna's Kaviraj describes it as gold and iron. They're both metal. But if you want to compare them, you have to, you just can't say they're the same because they're both metals. There are other attributes. So you can't say that the gopis' love for Krishna is, is lust because it has a similar form. No, there's so many other attributes, golden attributes of purity and love. And, and when one actually practices Krishna consciousness on that level and feels that within their heart, then when they see it, they have a frame of reference to understand it. And, and that was also discussed by Krishna as Kaviraj. You want to understand these things, you have to have a certain level of consciousness. Otherwise, it's like a five-year-old girl trying to understand romance. She can't. She doesn't yet have the preliminary experience to understand it in the proper way. So we're like that with children in terms of our realizations and consciousness, and therefore we don't have that lens. But sometimes when you come in Vrindavan, and you practice Krishna consciousness here, you have a little drop of, of understanding, or you just meet a, a sadhu walking in the street, some elevated soul, some friend that may say a few words, among the gopis, there's not a pinch of desire for sense gratification. Their only desire is to please, give pleasure to Krishna, and that is why they mingle with him and enjoy with him. That's the only reason. They, they, they enjoy with Krishna because Krishna enjoys this, because it's the form for Krishna of his love manifest in the most intense way. Yate sujata charanam buruham staneshu. Wait. Yate sujata charanam buruham staneshu. Vitashanai priyadandi mahi karkakeshu. Te natavim. This is from the Bhagavatam, all the gopis said, Dear Krishna, we carefully hold your delicate lotus feet upon our hard breasts. When you walk in the forest, your soft lotus feet are pricked by small bits of stone. We are fearful that this is painful, paining you. Since you are a life, our soul, our minds are very much disturbed when your lotus feet are pained. That's why empathy is such an important spiritual quality. Because ultimately we have to have empathy for Krishna. Say Gopa, say, say Gopi, Bhava Amrite, Yandra Lobahoy, Veda Dharma, Loka Tyagi, say Krishna Bajoy. One who is attracted by that ecstatic love of the Gopis does not care about popular opinion or the regular principles of Vedic life. Rather, he completely surrenders unto Krishna and renders service unto him. So Lord Chaitanya, when he got when he started discussing Radharani and, and 
um, the love of the gopis, he said, okay, now I've ascertained that, but what is the sadhana? What is the practice to achieve it? So it's nourishing a natural love in relationship to Krishna that's awakened in our hearts by, by the mercy of Prabhupada, his representatives and the shastras that is given us and the service that love manifests and then it's nourished. And, and that becomes the guiding principle. I discussed this principle of niyamaha. It, it says it's above the regular principle. It doesn't mean one has illicit sex life and drinks. He just doesn't need those regulations to rule one. He's just going to serve Krishna. Naturally, those things which are in arte, he has no interest in. And I always remember that principle of niyamaha too much affection for the rules and the best example I can get I told you one time I was on a second floor of one building and somehow there was a snake in one of the rooms so we got the guard and then he came with his stick because they have a lati a stick and he took his shoes off and went in the room to find the snake to kill the snake so there's a rule <laughs> That you 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 take off your shoes when you enter the room, but it was too much affection for the rule. This doesn't serve any purpose because there's a deadly snake in there, <laughs> and the first thing they'll bite is your feet. So you better wear your shoes. So he's saying one who is attracted to this ecstatic love, he's guided by that love. Raganuga Marge Tangre Bhajaye Jana Sejana Paya Vraja Vrajendranandana. If one worships the Lord on the path of spontaneous love and goes to Vrindavan, he receives the shelter of Vrajendranandana, the son of Nandamaraj. So now I'll just read the purport. In all, there are 64 items listed for rendering service unto Krishna. And these are the regulative principles that joined in the Shastra and given by the spiritual master. One has to serve Krishna according to these regulative principles. But if one develops spontaneous love for Krishna as exhibited in the activities of those who live in Vrajabhumi, one attains the platform of Raganuga Bhakti. One who's developed a spontaneous love is eligible for elevation to the platform enjoyed by the inhabitants of Rajabhumi. So in other words, you're just guided by your natural love. You don't have to be ruled. The purpose of the rules is to remember Krishna. If you love Krishna, you're always going to be remembering him. So it doesn't mean you're above those rules that you won't follow them but you won't follow them because, because they're a rule. You'll follow them because they don't serve your, your devotion and your natural love. In Vrajabhumi, there are no regulative principles set forth for Krishna's service. Rather, everything is carried out in spontaneous natural love for Krishna. There's no question of following principles of the Vedic system. Such principles are followed within the material world and as long as one is on the material platform, he has to execute them. However, spontaneous love of Krishna is transcendental. It may seem that the regulative principles are being violated, but the devotees on the transcendental platform, such service is called ganatita or nugun, for it is not contaminated by the three modes of material nature. Anyway, I'm ending for today because the class is brain, a little brain dead, but um, Jumunajaya, anything to share? And then anybody else wants to share? Haribo Maharaj, thanks for a wonderful class. I got so much. Um, 
the, what you quoted from Nectar of Devotion is my favorite line about where should we repose? I love that Prabhupada is so elegant when he says that where do we repose our love for the best benefit? So I love that. And I also love the- well, remember, How do you remember that statement? How do I remember it? Yeah, repeat I, it. I, um, I say that um, we, that where do we repose, where's the place to repose our love so it's the best benefit for all? Yeah, wonderful, yeah, yeah. And I love, I remember the first time I read Nectar of Devotion, that really stopped me in my tracks because I thought that is, that's, that's, that, that's really the clue. That's, you know, the watering the roots of the tree. So I, I've always loved that. And when you said it today, I just, that made me really happy. And I also love the reminder, and you said it the other day too, the, um, the essentialness of prayer before speaking so that one is in the proper uh, frame of mind and to elevate oneself. And I think that's always, I, I've been re uh, reading Yamuna Devi's book and she says how she always, no matter what service, she always prayed. Even before chopping wood, she would pray. So that just reminded me of that. That's an example. Yeah, and especially speaking because we have to speak beyond our intellect. And, and and when you speak about Krishna, I mean, and, and therefore, you know, we, we have to be empowered and used by Krishna. But false ego is the resistance to authority. So when we have false ego, we, we, we resist Krishna using us which empowers us to move beyond our ability. So the humility is very conducive. Krishna can, can mold us and move us without pinching us and not being, uh, having us be upset that we're not the controller and the enjoyer. Okay, thanks. Anybody else like to ask a question or say hello? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Yeah, there were a couple, a couple of things that I wasn't so clear about. Um, one was the the fact that you know the meet the meeting of Lord Chaitanya and Ramananda Roy is characterized as synchronicity. When when um, Sarvabhama Bhattacharya he he's the one who set him up. So it didn't seem like I don't a, think he said go to the Godavari River. I think it was just a coincidence that they met. Really? But, oh. Yeah, I don't think it was like Lord Chaitanya go to the Godavari River and meet Ramananda Roy. It's just they happened to arrive there at the same time. Unless I go over and I find something else. My remembrance is they, they, they just happened to arrive at the same time. And in another verse, when it described Lord Chaitanya traveling in, in, in South India, it said, Dick be Dick. It, it said he didn't know what direction he was going. Uh -huh. And also with Narada Muni, when he went to Dwarka, Dwarka is an incredible maze of different streets. It's impossible. It's worse than Delhi. And you don't know what that means, but Delhi doesn't have like, you know, first street, second street, third street has K block, L block, X block, and they don't follow each other. <laughs> it's impossible to find something. So, yeah. so, so, so I Narada, get lost in lower Manhattan. So, yeah, I understand. Yeah, forget it. Don't go to Delhi. Then Narada Muni, somehow he, the devotion carried him. He somehow, even in that movement, he was directed. So I had more of that understanding, but I, I stand to be corrected if in the CC, it, it was, it, it, he, he, it was his desire and he told Lord Chaitanya, but it wasn't like he was waiting there for Ramananda Roy. Ramananda Roy just happened to be bathing and he happened to be bathing. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, I did read that story, but I guess I forgot those details. Well, look Mar at it again, and I stand to be corrected, but that's the way I remember it. Maraj, there's just one other thing about this story. Um, <clears throat> you know, every time 
Lord Chaitanya tells Ramananda Roy, Ehobaya. And Ramananda Roy's response is like, higher? I mean, what more? You know, this is already high. You know, but yes. that's coming from a person who, I mean, he's Vishaka, he knows that Lord Chaitanya is Krishna. And so, yeah. you know, is it just, I, I don't think it's just Leela. Why is he acting like he's so surprised? Or as if to say he doesn't even realize himself that there's something higher. And then he and then he delivers to something higher. So your question is, he's surprised that there's something higher, and then he delivers there's something higher. That's your question? Basically. Yeah, well, he he, he mentions that I'm just a string. I, I, you're playing the instrument. So that's the whole purpose. That's the whole purpose of prayer. That's the whole purpose, depending on Krishna. You can be empowered to do way beyond what your capabilities are. So I can look at it that way that he already said, I'm, I, I don't know where I'm going. I don't understand this. You know, you're the one that's making me speak. I'm just a puppet. So, and it, it was already described at the beginning that the, the, the analogy to describe them was the ocean and, and, the, and, the, and the rain clouds. Ramananda Roy is the rain clouds, so he, he's filling the ocean, but where is he getting the water? The ocean, when it evaporates, it makes the rain clouds. So, you know, Sarvasya Chaham Hidi Sunny Vishto Matasmitiriganam Cha. I'm situating everyone's heart for me comes remembrance, forgetfulness, and knowledge. Tesham Satatiyukdanam Bhajatam Prithipurvakam Dadami Buddhi Yogam Twam. Want to worship me faith and devotion? I give them the knowledge by which they come back. And also, it, it could be that, you know, I, I've seen this sometimes. Someone asks me a question, and I'm not sure I have the answer until I begin speaking. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. You know, it's somehow your frame of reference, God empowers you. Okay. Uh -huh. thank, thank you, Gail. Thank you. A anybody else? Maharaj, thank you very much. This is Krishnamrita. You gave such wonderful um, feeling that uh, the Lord is the most uh, attractive person. Uh, so it seemed to me that something new I felt. And the way how to, how to make this sleeping love um, uh, become alive by what means by by love of those who have it thank you greatly thank you thank you so much krishna Rita. very well thank you anybody else Hare krishna gurudev Hare krishna thank you very much Hare krishna. Hare krishna. great to see you really good anybody yes. else Hare Krishna Maharaj, this is Isabel. Thank you for class. I do have one question. Okay. Um, you were saying something that you were comparing um, a child, a five-year-old child not understanding um, certain things that as an adult you would, and you said that we're also children <sighs> in that sense of our understanding, right? Um, yeah. Do we, so, do we evolve like with every lifetime to, or are we always children when we, when we are in this material world? Like, is there any, you know? No, no, my, yeah, my analogy is, it, the analogy is, is kind of simple. The analogy is, is that there are certain things that to realize you need a frame of reference to do so. Otherwise you have, you can't possibly understand them. So some of these subjects of Rama and Krishna are beyond our present capacity. And the analogy I gave is just like a young girl who's five until she's not yet in puberty, she's not a young teenager, she doesn't understand romance yet. It's not within her capacity to do so. So it's just an analogy to explain that. Okay, got it, thank you. 
Okay, thank you. Hey, you just did. Hey, no. Hare Krishna, my obeisances. So, does with sadhana bhakti, does um, sadhana, when one is conscious of Krishna around him or herself throughout the day, does that become part of one's sadhana? Or is that a different aspect of, you know, the, the sadhana where we're practicing? Um, you know what I mean. It's not the, the, the hours well, of chanting. I mean, there are principles in the 64 principles, for example, like expecting the Lord's mercy, right? Uh, which means to see everything in the world as God's mercy. There's another principle is to, to be straightforward in ordinary dealings. So there's a certain sense of following Krishna in the world when we do things, you know, because it's what Krishna wants. So it can be connected, but there's also what's called Sarup Siddhi Bhakti, not that we just impose bhakti on material activities, mm, right? But there are activities that, like chanting and hearing, that are purely composed of bhakti. I, I, it's mentioned there's sarup siddhi bhakti, sangha siddhi bhakti, rope siddhi bhakti. A rope siddhi bhakti is you do material activities and then you impose devotion on it. You know, you have an impulse. Sangha Siddhi Bhakti, if I, I believe, is you're performing activities that are, are not necessarily bhakti, but they're, they're the mode of goodness. Like celibacy is not um, bhakti in itself. You can be an impersonalist. But if you're celibate because you're following the order of the guru, <clears throat> then that activity also becomes bhakti. But things like chanting and hearing, it's purely bhakti. So I think there's ways to practice devotion in the world. And hopefully by our Krishna consciousness, we start seeing the world as Krishna. That's the whole purpose. Prabhupada said that a pure devotee is thrilled every moment. Why? Because he sees everything as Krishna's energy. And therefore he's inspired he sees Krishna and he's inspired to Krishna. That helps a lot. And how about like unconscious? I asked Giri Rajmaraj this question and he, he kind of smiled, but I didn't get a further answer. Um, unconscious chanting. You know, like it, I'm sure you've experienced it if you're walking somewhere and your hands aren't necessarily on your beads, it's not out loud, it's just kind of like murmuring beneath the surface. The yeah. for you. Um, what is your question about that? I think the question is like, at what stage of what you just described is that can that take place, and is that as in classic meditation, the perfection of a mantra is that it goes on automatically. Mm, Obviously, if you're doing, if you if you're chanting a lot it will more spontaneously go on in your mind. It's just a good symptom mm. of, you know, of purifying the consciousness and being more absorbed. Mm. I don't know if it's necessarily like a practice. It's almost right. the result of practice. Okay, you just did nice to see you. Hi, Bo. Anybody else? Thank you very much, Maharaj. Hopefully we'll see you in January. Yes, I, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. Right, yeah. We're looking forward to seeing you. Great. Anybody thank else? You. Thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, Govardhan Bhakta. Govardhan Bhakta, how's your house going there? You, you started it? Yes, Maharaj. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you'll use it to serve Krishna so nicely. Yes, Maharaj. Okay. Okay. Anybody else like to say hello?
Hey, Krishna Gamaraj, it's Lal Govinda. Thank you for class. Hey, I'll see you soon also. Okay. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you for class. Catalina, right. I'll be, I, I'm trying to book my tickets to be in Colombia from March 12th to April 1st. Yay. Okay. We'll Yay. see you in a bus. You have to bring your daughters to see me. They always see me. Yes, yes, I will. Thank you. Thank you for class, Maharaj. Haribo. Hope you're fine. Haribo. Thank you. Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna. Good Maharaj. Now I'm a psychic here. Thank you. Namaste. Wonderful class. Nice to hear from you. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Haribo, Maharaj. Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Is this like a technological thing here that no. you've done? Oh, it's because I have my background blurred. Well, you blurt out your, your beautiful wife. That's not fair. <laughs> okay. Lucky me. There it goes. All right. Karuna, the program's going nicely. I get good reports. People are really enjoying getting together, huh? Yeah, it's really nice. It really is. I'm so grateful. And every week, maybe some surprise person comes that hasn't come before that you could serve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Krishna sending random, wonderful devotees who have nice stories to tell us. Okay, great. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you, Gosh. I will. Good. Anybody else? Thank you for a wonderful class, Maharaj. Hey, Haridas, great to see you. Now you really have the best background. Where are you now? Um, that's at my that's my at my house. That's a picture I took on Nantucket as my background. Is it actually on the wall? Or you did some technological thing. Oh, it's technological. Okay. It's technological. Yes, I'm not. I'm not in that spot. It, it looks great. It looks great. Good. Okay, you're blissful. Just hearing. I am. Class was amazing. I have three pages of notes here. You know, everything you said was perfect. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you really have that taste now for the Bhagavatam. You know, just hearing from Vaishnavas who you have affection for, have relationship with, and you have many, so that's really great. Okay, Haribo. Okay, anybody else? Okay, we'll say goodbye. Vanchakopa Tarubhyas Chak, Kripa Sindhu Vyebha Chak, Patitinam Pavanebhyo, Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha.